0: Hey, this is TJ. And this is Jacob. And do you follow us on social media? If not, make sure to give us a follow on Facebook at Heart of a Coach Podcast or Instagram and Twitter at HOAC Podcast. Once you give us a follow, we'd love for you to leave a comment of any future questions you would like to hear asked on the podcast. Also, any coach that you think would be a great guest, go ahead and leave them in the comment section as well. On this month's episode, we talk with Coach Katie Harrington. She was formerly the head women's basketball coach at William Carey. She also served in that same capacity at Jones College. Also at Jones College, she was the athletic director and HPR chair. Coach Katie recently retired from Jones College. We had a great conversation with Coach Katie about getting something from your former coaches, but developing your own coaching style. Leading by example in how Christian coaches and players can change the culture on a college campus. So join us as we dive into the heart of this coach. Billy Graham said a coach will influence more people in one year than the average person will in a lifetime. A coach is a parent, mentor, and friend. They're an influencer of the next generation. All this is hard to see just watching from the stands. When you watch from the stands, you can see the coach, but you can't see the heart of a coach. So join us as we dive in a little below the surface into the heart of a coach.
1: Coach Katie, it's an honor to have you on. Ever since we started the podcast, people were asking for you to get on, so we're just trying to please the people and have you on. But just to start off, tell us a little bit of your story on how you got into coaching.
2: I played high school basketball at Taylorsville High School. We were, by the way, state champs in 1980. I graduated from Taylorsville and went to uh, Mississippi University for Women and played there for four years. When I went to the W, they were actually Division One school. And as before I ended, a NCAA took over AIAW and we became a Division Two school. First year at the W, we were not just overly successful and that was tough because all my life in sports at, the, at Taylorsville, we had been extremely successful. So that was definitely a learning year for me and uh, again that's when you've been winning all those years and then had a losing season you know it it was tough but I think it made me uh, appreciate winning and hard work and all those things I graduated from the W in 1984 and I went to William Carey as the assistant coach for coach Bobby Hoffer he was actually the head women's basketball coach at the time and the following year he was named the head baseball coach so they just came to me and asked if I would uh, become the head coach and I could remember going home and telling my dad you know I just don't know that I'm ready to be a head coach. I was 23 years old and my dad said yeah you are you take it and just learn as you go and that's what I did. I, uh, I was probably tougher that year than ever before because I actually had people that were a year younger than I was playing for me and you know we would go into a gym and they want to know who the head coach was because I was so young. But it was, we did well. We did good. We uh, had, I was successful at Cary. We had some really good years, but then the, the job came open at John's, and it was a little bit closer to home. I just thought it was the right move at the right time. State retirement, and actually, I know this is kind of crazy, and I shouldn't go for where you get paid more, but I actually got paid a good bit more coming Coming to Jones, so I did, and uh, 32 years later, I'm retiring. And I, you know, I felt like coaching was a calling to me, just as a pastor is called to preach. And when I look back, you know, many years later, I see the sovereignty of God. I see that I loved athletics as a child, played every sport in the backyard. Then I was basketball player. I was somewhat talented. And then just that love for sports, love for Christ, wanting to make a difference in young people's life, just kind of opened the door for me to to coach.
0: Well, Coach Katie, tell us a little bit of your testimony, if you don't mind, kind of how you came to know the Lord.
2: Glad to. I was very fortunate to live in a home where God's love was taught. My parents loved me. They were good examples of what a Christ follower should be. So I had a good ground of or foundation that they laid for me. When I was nine years old, though, I realized that I I was a sinner and I needed a Savior. That I couldn't do it on my own. You know, I've I've been reading about the Beatitudes and when it says, "Blessed are those who who are poor in spirit," I realized. At the time, that I wasn't poor in spirit, that you know, I I didn't realize that until I was nine that I really needed a savior, and I needed the grace that that God gives us to be saved. And now that that I you know I have been saved, I realize that the hope that we have is in God, and I, I don't. I haven't always done everything right, and I've definitely made some mistakes. But I know that 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 God is, He loves us. That I am a child of God. That the Holy Spirit indwells in me, and that I hope I have that hope that no matter what happens in life, He's with us.
1: One question that I love to ask coaches, especially coaches who are believers and coaches who had a lot of success, and I know you had a lot of success uh, in your coaching career, but tell us how you stay humble in a season where you're having a lot of success, winning a lot of ball games, and how you kind of keep God the center when you're having um, success on the court.
2: You know, it's really hard to stay grounded when you're coaching because winning is so important to all the people around you. In fact, a lot of coaches don't keep their jobs because they're not winning. So you have that pressure to win, but you have to realize that's not the most important thing. You have to realize you're coaching young people, you're trying to mold young people and influence them, and that you can't win every game. I always just wanted my players to know they did the very best that they could do, I always wanted to do, the very best that I could do. And you really can't win. A, worry about winning and, and losing. And it is hard. It's very hard to keep priorities straight, again, because everybody wants to win. Winning's much more fun. You know, I was recruiting, and players want to play for teams that are successful. But you really, at the end of the day, you have to look back and say, what's really most important in life? And as, as you get older and you look back, you really can see that, but when you're right in the middle of it, that grind every day, it's very, very easy to lose perspective.
0: Coach, speak to it from the coaching side when you coach, but also from an athletic director side about coaches. Can you recognize differences in players you coach that were believers coming into your program and how they do things and go about practice and school But then also coaches. Do you see a difference in coaches that you know are believers when you hire them and how their programs are run and they're coaching their players?
2: I really believe that players and coaches who are Christians do try to give their best for God. You hear the the term audience of one. I think it changes your whole perspective on being my best maybe not the best, but my best. I may not be the best, but I want to do everything I can to be my best. I want to not be a selfish player or, the, or coach that's all about me, but it's about my team, and it's I care for my teammates, and I want them to be successful. And I, I actually think that Christians that are playing on the same team have a bond that you don't have if you're maybe not a Christian and I don't mean that to be excluding anyone but I just believe there's a bond of love that Christians share as brothers and sisters in Christ
1: yeah I love that uh, I just think of that verse you know all that you do do it for the glory of God and I've seen that in you and I do see that in uh, coaches who coach for Christ that it is different that they're coaching for something that's so much bigger um, tell us a little bit uh, when you are playing Did you ever have a coach that impacted you in a real positive way, and how did that influence how you coached and how you lived your life after that?
2: Again, I was extremely fortunate to have three coaches through my career that were all Christians. Uh, Keith Moore, who was at Toswell High School, Dot Murphy, who was my coach at the W the first two years, and Sammy Johnson, who was my coach at the W the last two years. And they, uh, they, I knew they cared for me. They were examples of how someone should walk the walk and talk the talk. I probably took something from each one of them and how I coached. All three were great motivators and I just wanted you to play hard. I, I would have probably run through the wall for them, yeah. had great respect for all of them, uh, and think they kind of molded me kind of maybe to who I am and the coach I was. I did realize once I started coaching, though, that I had to coach like Katie Harrington. I couldn't coach like any of those three because it didn't work with my personality. And so I, I took things from them. I learned from them. I am extremely, extremely grateful for the influence that they had on my life. You know that those junior high and high school ages, for sure, it's so easy to go walk the, get in the wrong crowd, or, or do the wrong things. But uh, Coach Moore, actually, he, he kept us pretty much t- reined in and uh, expected us to do what we were supposed to do. And that, you know, I look back now, and that, that was, uh, that again, was just a blessing.
0: What is some advice that you would give to a young coach who's just starting their coaching career?
2: I guess the main thing is to not get caught up in all of the grind and what the, the fans think you should be. Winning is important, again, but it, it's not the most important. I can remember one year when I was here coaching at John's and we were in the middle of the season and we were grinding and the days are long and you're, it's hard. And my assistant coach, she was a volunteer assistant at the time, but her mother or father passed away. They both kind of passed away there about the same time, but I can remember thinking, what's really important? You know, I, I, it made me realize that it's not all about winning and losing, it's more about trying to help kids mature, trying to make a difference in young people's lives, just trying to set an example. You know, coaching brings out the best and the worst in you. So, you you just have to again keep things in perspective. Just try to care for your your players, your family. You know we always say God first, family second, and sports third. And a lot of times when you're coaching, those get backwards a lot of times. So I think sometimes you just have to step back and just really search your heart and and see where what which direction you're going, what you're doing, what's most important.
1: When you were coaching, what did you do on a day-to-day basis to coach for the glory of God? And now that you look back on your career, uh, what might have you done different on a day-to-day basis to coach for the glory of God?
2: I think it's not just coaching. I think in life, every day each of us has to get up and say, you know, Lord, just help me put you first today, and do things that glorify you. You, 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 have, you have to do that in whatever you're doing in life. Again, coaching's hard. Uh, I, I, players that coach for me probably saw me do things that I don't normally do. I mean, mm-hmm. just throw a fit or fuss at a referee. So, yeah, I think for sure you have to be intentional. And you have to make a priority of time spending in the Word and in prayer, so that you can carry that carries over into what you're doing. Because again, you get in a hurry, you get in that grind, and sometimes the the Word and the prayer and the time for that just kind of goes to the side. So I think you just have to again, every day, every day, start a new day, and and look forward what you're supposed to do time and spending time with God.
0: Coach Katie, do you have an example from your time as a player or a coach or athletic director of somebody who was touched by how you played, coached, or led?
2: I grew up very, very shy. I don't know if y'all know that now because I talk all the time. But <laughs> <laughs> so I felt like as a player, my actions – I really had to try to follow and be an example with my actions. I did at times lead lead team devotions and those kind of things. I was involved with FCA when we went to college. But there was there was a girl that was on our team that uh, was always the life of the party. She wasn't a believer. And I never went to her individually and said, you know, this is the plan of salvation, or praying for you, or are you a believer? I never did that. But I did try to do, I did try to lead by example. Probably about 10 years after I graduated from the W, we had a mutual friend, this girl, a girl that I played basketball with at Taylorsville, lived in the same city as this girl. I think went to the same church, but anyway, this girl was saved. And she sent word through my friend to tell Katie that I've been saved. Which, you know, seems like a little thing. But that was probably one of the most, I don't know, exciting things. Or just to know that somebody was kind of sort of paying attention and maybe you did have an influence as a player. So players out there and coaches out there, people are watching and listening such a family and team when you're playing on a sport and you get so close to people. And people are that don't know God are paying attention. They want to know if it's real. So anyway, I just think that was probably one of the most, I don't know the word for it, but things I appreciate most out of somebody coming back and telling me later. I also, with some of the players that I see now on Facebook, and I see them around, and I see that they're good mothers, and they are also believers that just warms my heart to know that i might have just a little bit played a little bit of part of that so those are kind of rewards that you see now you know occasionally uh, when i see i love to see my old players that just on the street somewhere and unexpectedly and we start back with a conversation when we left and talk about old times and it's so it just warms my heart to know that many of them are followers so many of them are coaches, or some of them are coaches. So I think they're making a difference in people's lives. They're teaching school. Uh, they have children of their own. We've had three children of players that I coach come through, John, since I've been here. So I've got to see them as mothers and meet their, their children. And, uh, again, that, that is just rewarding. As a coach, I don't remember anyone just coming and saying, I have accepted Christ mm-hmm. as my Savior. As an athletic director, though, especially when FCA really became big on our campus, we had several young adults, men and and women, who accepted Christ as Savior, and I still kind of follow them on Facebook and different things, social media, see the lives that they are living. I think there was, at times, a cultural change on our campus because – Young men and women were believers. I I saw that Mm -hmm. happen as FCA got bigger and bigger on our campus.
1: Speak a little bit about, I know you're very involved in FCA. Speak a little to the coach or the athletic director who might not be that involved and tell them how FCA can make a big impact on their campus.
2: Right. You know, as a coach, it was hard to find the time to take time and have FCA. But again, the older I get as athletic director, I look back and see that for one thing, we're called to share the gospel. But the other thing, you just see the cultural change of men and women who are playing for God. I think we just have to be intentional and make that a priority because in the long run in life that's most important you know we're going through such hard times now just people that don't have hope in God I don't know where you put your hope and that's we need to reach our young generation because to me they're not just showing up in churches like they used to and if we don't reach them I think at an early age, it's harder and harder the older they get that we do reach them. So I think that is so very, very important that that is one of our priorities, that we share the gospel and we give people hope because, again, you know, without hope, I, I don't understand how people even survive in tough times when they don't have that hope in Jesus Christ. My, my favorite verse of all time is rejoice in hope because we can have joy over and over and over because of the hope we have. Patient during tribulations, and Lord knows we're having tribulations now, and pray continuously. I, that's just a Bible verse that I've always felt was my favorite because I thought that was kind of the instruction for life. So we do. We, we have to make time and I hate to say promote, but to preach the gospel and teach the gospel for people that are under us. We we are accountable for those people around us. I believe that we may not be called to go around the world for missions. We may not be called to go across the state, but we are called to spread the gospel and share the gospel with people that are surrounded with us every day.
1: I love that. A verse that just sticks out to me is in Romans where it says, how will they know if they're not told? And that's for coaches. That's for me. That's for everyday people that are believers. How will they know if they're not told? Right. So we have the message and we have sure. to tell. Now that you're done with your coaching career, what do you want people to say about you as a coach?
2: I hope those people that not only that I've coached with, but that I've played with, that I've taught with, that I'm with, I hope they look back in my life and say she loved God and she loved us. That's just important, you know. That's I have made mistakes. People that are around me have seen those mistakes. So I'm not always the example that I should be. But at the end of the day, I just hope people know that I love God and I love people and I love those people that are around me.
1: Well, Coach Katie, we really appreciate you coming on this podcast. We've enjoyed it so much. Thank you for being on here with us.
0: Coach Katie, thank you so much for sitting down and sharing with us today. I'm so encouraged by all you had to say. Thank you.
2: Well, I hope I've said something that will make a difference. Uh, TJ, you're going to coach. So uh, all those things we've talked about today, I hope you can use and apply and uh, make a difference in young people's lives no.